I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. It's time to get outside. This is KSL Outdoors. Brought to you by Trax Power Sports Rentals. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. KSL Outdoors with Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back. Hour number two of the program here for another week. We're glad you're with us here for a Saturday morning of KSL Outdoors Radio. Final half hour today, I'm really looking forward to sharing with you. This is uh, another year that Russ and I had the opportunity to uh, spend some time with our friends from the National Ability Center up in Park City. You may have heard our interview, was it last week or the week before, where we were getting you ready for their Salute Our Heroes luncheon that is always so inspiring. But their programs, week in, week out, year after year, really are the inspiration as they help uh, those with disabilities to uh, overcome and actually enjoy some time in the outdoors with many things that they thought they would never enjoy again. And a big part of that are military that have been injured through their service to the country. And uh, Russ and I had the opportunity on Thursday, or yeah, Thursday, uh, to go up to Park City and be a part of this luncheon again this week and sit down, a rare opportunity to sit down with General Martin Dempsey, who is retired after 41 years of military service. He served as the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff, if I can get it out uh, this morning, and the senior officer of the Armed Forces and Military Advisor uh, to the Secretary of Defense and to the President himself. So we'll share that conversation with you and then uh, go through some of the other great things that happen at the National Ability Center day in and day out to help those regain some of their uh, love and zest for life in the outdoors. It's always a great conversation. Right now, though, I want to bring uh, Blair Stringham into the uh, conversation, our Wildlife Migration Initiative Coordinator, which is always a mouthful, and I'm sure it's tough to get on a uh, business card for Blair. But, uh, Blair, thanks for joining us. Uh, Thanks, Tim. Happy to be here this morning. We're going to talk today about uh, some tips for people to avoid having run-ins with our uh, wildlife, particularly deer, on the roads these days. And it happens this time of year for a couple of reasons. It's sort of uh, the perfect storm. You've got mating season going on, but you also have uh, daylight hours that are waning a little bit here. And I guess those two things combined lead to some problems. Yeah, it certainly does. Um, this about beginning about mid-October, about right now, we start seeing a lot of our deer start migrating from higher elevations down to lower elevations where they spend their winter. And it's a really busy time for them as they're moving across the landscape. Um, They're crepuscular, which means that they're very active at dawn and dusk. And so 
that's a really hard time for us because that's when our eyes start adjusting and we can't see as well. And that's when deer are on the roadway. So it creates a challenge and it's definitely something people are going to start encountering on the roadways for the next month or two. Lay that word on me again. That might be the word of the day. Crepuscular? <laughs> Crepuscular, yep. <laughs> the inactive at dawn and dusk. <laughs> I have never heard that before in my life. Uh, one of these days I might even learn to spell it. I think people would be <laughs> I think people would be surprised at its peak, and I guess these numbers go back almost a decade, uh, at its peak, 10,000 deer vehicle collisions in a single year. Is that Utah alone? Yep, so that's Utah alone. And, and really, our deer densities aren't nearly as high as some of the eastern states with whitetails. So um, it, deer vehicle collisions are a huge deal really across the country. And, and here in Utah, it's probably our highest species that gets hit by cars. Um, you, everybody probably sees them along the roadway as you're driving, and those are probably only a small percentage of the deer actually hit because a lot of them make it off the shoulder, down into the borrow pits, or even some of them keep going, you know, a couple hundred yards. So that, that's an old estimate, but it, it's probably pretty accurate still that we probably are killing 100,000 or 10,000 deer on our roadways each year. Yeah, that number, I, I am guessing, is a surprise to many of our listeners. It was to me. This year, my understanding is it's still 4,000, and there's a reason why those numbers are down, and it has to do with the hard work that you and the state of Utah go through uh, on an annual basis, putting in bridges and some of the other things that have been uh, fencing, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So we've been really active. I'm working with UDOT and some other partners to put in fencing really across the state. Um, some of them are pretty visible. If you travel the I-15 corridor, that's been a big project area for a while now. Um, as you go from you know Salt Lake down to St. George, you'll see fencing along the roadways in a lot of those areas now, um, particularly in the areas where we have a lot of animals crossing the road. Um, we also put in things like uh, overpasses. So if you've driven from Salt Lake to parties, you've probably seen that new overpass. Just as you get close to the summit, um, just to get animals to actually move back and forth across the roads because the fences prohibit them from being on the road, but a lot of them still want to move to one side or the other for food and water and stuff like that. So it's a challenge to keep them off the roadways, but then, again, you have this challenge of trying to make them permeable so animals can still get to where they need to get the resources they need. I know we've talked about this before, and I think uh, tracking uh, devices that we have, the GPS tracking collars and things, that's probably helped in determining where some of these fences and uh, overpasses need to need to go. Yeah, so we collar thousands of animals, um, primarily big game animals, put a GPS tracking device on them. Um, it gives us usually a point every two hours, sometimes less. And that gives us a really good idea of some of the major hot spots around the state. Um, we we use that to see where animals want to cross the road, um, see where barriers are that prohibit their movements. And then we combine that with our roadkill data, and it really gives us a good idea of areas we can focus on to try to improve, to increase survival for wildlife, as well as help them move across the landscape and keep us all safe. I've only had one deer encounter on the roads in all of my driving years, and, and I didn't even I never saw it. Uh, it was down by Nephi, and I was coming up I-15 after uh, an event in Las Vegas, so I was driving a little tired, and uh, the sun was just going down. But it must have been on a dead run. Smacked me on the uh, passenger side of the car, and I heard it, obviously, and I looked over after the shock and my you know, my heart got back into my chest. Uh, the, the front windshield was shattered on that side. Uh, the 
uh, side view mirror was gone. I, d- I really didn't know what happened until I pulled off the side of the road. And, um, man, uh, it's something nobody wants to, you know, of course, go through. And you feel bad for the wildlife, obviously, in those situations. But uh, always happy that as a driver and if you had passengers in the car that you came through it okay. Let's talk about some of the ways people uh, can avoid it. I, I would imagine the first big thing is uh, the things we talk about every day, and that's not driving distracted, especially with phones or anything else you might have in the car. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Not being distracted is a big one. Um, Keeping your eyes on the road, um, especially during those time periods when deer are going to be most active. So that dawn and dusk period and and even the later hours in the night, you'll see a lot of animals on the roadways. Um, if you, if it's possible driving with your high beam headlights on, that really helps quite a bit. You'll be able to see the animals, but even more so you'll see their eye shine. Um, that's probably the biggest thing for me is if you see something glowing up ahead of you, um, start slowing down because there's a pretty good chance, especially this time of year, that it'll be an animal in the roadway. Um, another big thing is, is if you're, if you're driving through areas where you know deer are going to be at, just start slowing down. Um, if you're in a woodland or agricultural area, you just got to be extra vigilant because that's where those animals are, are likely going to be. And if you've seen them there before, a lot of times they'll cross in the same spot. So just be aware and be extra vigilant at night when you're driving. We were coming back from uh, dinner with friends up in Morgan, and uh, I knew coming down some of those side roads before, you know, the frontage roads before you get on the freeway that there would be deer around. And sure enough, they, they were crossing the road on several occasions. Here's the other thing I didn't think about, but this is a great one. Don't throw trash out of the vehicle. We always talk about, you know, a fed bear is a dead bear, but if you throw anything, food leftovers out onto the highway, then those animals are going to come looking for that, and that's going to lead to uh, their demise and certainly cause more of these accidents. Yeah, yep, definitely. That's a big one. Um, a lot of, you know, even like smaller creatures will be attracted to stuff like that, like raccoons, skunks all those animals. And, and one of the big challenges we have is a lot of raptors, like golden eagles especially, will, will then be attracted to the dead animals on the road. Mm. And then they end up getting hit. So, so yeah, keeping the roadways clean is, is a huge one that most people don't think about. And we're out of time here, but uh, real quick, give me a couple of tips on what happens if you hit an animal. What should we do? Okay, so you, you'll definitely want to pull off the road and stop. Um, assess your car. Sometimes you just clip a deer. I mean, sometimes you completely smash into it so you want to make sure your car's in running order before you keep going down the road Um, if it you did hit something and your car's in bad shape um, people are injured um, you want to call 911 just to report it Um, especially if people are injured if animals injured um, they can get a hold of us and we can help take care of that threat Um, and and one thing don't approach the animal because oftentimes those injured animals can really injure you yeah, no kidding. Everybody probably remembers that scene from Tommy Boy where they put the they put the, what they thought was the dead deer in the back seat, and uh, after the uh, stun wore off, he woke up. Uh, one of the you know it was funny then, wouldn't be funny now. So you do want to be careful. Yeah. All right, yeah, definitely don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> Blair Stringham, thank you as always for your time today. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, Tim. We're going to take a break. We'll do that road trip and segment coming up next. Uh, Mark Wade, Bob Grove, looking forward to the conversation with the boys. We'll see where they want to take us in the next half hour to Park City and the National Ability Center for their Saluting Our Heroes uh, luncheon, which we look forward to every year. Stay with us. I'm Dave Cauley 
investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Just have a couple of minutes here, and normally we would be uh, connecting with Roger Eggett from Bear River Lodge, but I got a text from him. Just grab my phone if I can. I got a text from him earlier this morning that he was already (laughs) out and about uh, with another corporate retreat that was going on up there, which is always a fantastic idea and a great way to do some team building and things. You've heard us talk about that. The cabins at Bear River Lodge and, of course, uh, Trax Power Sports sponsor, this program week in and week out. So in Roger's absence, I want to just pass along a couple of notes of uh, things that are happening up there. First of all, I have no doubt in my mind they're going to be getting some snow, which is uh, right in Roger's wheelhouse because he does love to get out on the snowmobiles. And so he's it's a good time to remind everybody to be thinking about uh, making your reservations to have a snowmobile day or a snowmobile weekend with you and your family. And you might be saying, well, we don't have the machines. We don't have all of the gear. I need helmets. I need gloves. I need boots. I need snowsuits. Yeah, they have all of those things, even for the tiny ones uh, that want to get out and enjoy some time with the rest of the family. And I speak from experience when I say that. So now is a great time to start uh, planning your weekends and uh, go to uh, the cabins at Bear River Lodge. Find them on the web and then, of course, take advantage of it. That's the cabins at BearRiverLodge.com. Uh couple of things. This weekend, today, as a matter of fact, the reopening of the Den. They're going to be open Monday through Thursday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you haven't been to the cabins in a while, you really owe it to yourself to get up there because uh, now you don't have to even worry about doing any cooking. That's one of the attractions for me and my family is to be able to do that and have a nice little barbecue out on the back deck overlooking the uh, fishing ponds and the river and all of the beauty that is uh, to be found in their backyard. But uh, now, if you don't feel like cooking, you can have some gourmet burgers that are done for you right there at the den. Uh, Fries, of course, also available, the Bear River Lodge fries and sauce. Uh, So they're going to be getting that back up and running today. If you have a corporate retreat or a family reunion coming up, I know on his website or on his Facebook page, uh, Roger posted not long ago the progress that's being made on the family reunion cabins And they're taking reservations now, so they're encouraging everybody to book your family's favorite weekend and start making the plans to bring everybody together. The great thing about that is that these cabins actually have room for sizable families with lots of separate rooms, so you can still have your space, uh, but when you want to get together, there's big gathering areas and especially big uh, dining room tables in the kitchen that make it a perfect setting for you to get together and really Play some games, spend some time with family that you otherwise might not have uh, just to break your chain from all of the technology that sort of uh, holds you down when you're home. Also, we're not done with the color, although this storm this weekend probably is going to do a number on a lot of the leaves that uh, are just about ready to fall. You can still find out more about uh, renting um, machines. You can get half off of machine rentals and two-night cabin stay through November 15th. Just use this code when you go to the website. It's COLOR50. So again, uh, 
Color 50 is the uh, cue there. So many great things to be had, so many savings to happen right now, and uh, Roger's out there enjoying it with uh, a corporate retreat that is uh, spending some time and getting to know the cabins at Bear River Lodge in Christmas Meadows. Oh, and his uh, Christmas tree permits for the National Forest are also um, going to be on sale right around the corner. And you want to talk about a great inflation beater? This will save you a bunch of money. If your family, and mine was for a lot of years, if your family is one that always loves to have a fresh Christmas tree in the house, here's a great way to save yourself some money. Instead of $100 or more for a tree at the lot, you can spend 20 bucks and get yourself the tree you want. And you want to talk about memories that will be... Uh, Last uh, that will last a lifetime for you and your families. Having the tradition of cutting down your own Christmas tree, bringing it home, decorating it up, and getting ready for the season, no doubt will be among the Christmas favorites. All right, we've got to take a break. We'll come back, and uh, we've got a news update on the half hour. In the next half hour, we're taking you up to the National Ability Center in Park City, and we sat down. This is a rare opportunity for 10 or 15 minutes with the 18th chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Dempsey. That's next. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 